conversations to inspire. My name is Jennifer Vega, and I will be your host. Tune in weekly to hear my conversations with exceptional individuals that will captivate, motivate, and inspire you to live your best life. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Conversations to Inspire. I am here with Jen McMillan today. She is the owner of JM Hair Gallery, and she is also a philanthropist. Hi, Jen. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you. How's your day been going? It's going awesome. Very busy and very fun. Good. Okay, so I am here at um, the salon with Jen, and it's been a long day for both of us, but I think uh, maybe more for you, Jen, because you've been working all day. Okay, it's not work when you love it. (laughs) That's true. That's That's a good point. So um, the reason why I wanted to speak with uh, Jen is because I started volunteering with one of um, her organizations, um, and I, I was actually just a client first, um, and then I found out that she was doing this awesome um, charity work, and I wanted to get involved, so that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because it's extremely ex- inspiring what you're doing, and I just wanted people to learn more about what you do. Can you first um, tell us a little bit about yourself? So I started being interested in hair when I was really young. In fact, I had a little system with the Barbies. Mm-hmm. My friends would bring them over and it was like a little 80s crimper and I would make it their hair back box way. So mm-hmm. the, when it came out the box, so nice. Um, and they would leave them with me and then I'd give them back the extent they came to play. I mean, I really always loved doing hair. In fact, there's a picture of my dad that teased. There's a reason why he's lost so much hair as with me when I was younger. Is putting little ponytails all oh. in his long hair at the time. Oh my and my mom took a picture of that, like future hairstylist. And when I graduated, it's actually something she gave me like oh in a frame. So I would think it was like three. So it was always something that was in my life. My dad's oldest sister, she's, gosh, she's going to kill me if I say her age, so I won't. But she's been in hair for a long time. And I think she just recently retired, and all her kids do hair. And my cousin owns a salon in Seattle, in West Seattle, and he had me come down. I started shadowing him at 15, fell in love with it right away. And every time I had a break, a summer, a weekend, I would go and assist him. I learned so much. As soon as I graduated, I went into Paul Mitchell School. Actually, it was a signature school at the time. And so I got to see the culture before Paul Mitchell and then after. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing, the reason why I got sucked in. So, right. uh, And they say, like, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. And I think it's because everybody's so happy. It does seem like it, you know. Yeah. And uh, But I love this Kool-Aid. This Kool-Aid is good. So. Yeah. Because in my life, you know, I, I try to live with, you know, nothing's ever that bad. And it could be worse. Mm -hmm. So to be thankful for what we have all the time. So I think that's like the Paul Mitchell culture way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got into a salon that I absolutely loved. I came down here. I didn't have a dime in my pocket. I was totally being risky as a 19-year-old thinking, of course, I'm going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And you know what I was? I had that attitude. And I I worked really hard. And I worked 6-11s forever. And when I started educating for Paul Mitchell, I'd fly out Sunday night, teach all day. And then come back and do it again. I did that until I had my babies at 26. I started 19. So seven years mm-hmm. working a lot. And then I had my babies. And what's cool about this industry is you can kind of like change your schedule right. to adjust for your lifestyle. So right. in here, it's faith, family, and then work. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what you believe in, but something spiritual. Yeah. Something for yourself, you know. Right. And, uh, and then it goes family because it's really important that you have a good family support system mm-hmm. so you can be here for your guests. Yeah. And then, of course, it's hair mm-hmm. so or work. Um, and it's really not work, it's play. But <laughs> yeah. but we kind of keep that mentality, which means I have to do it too. Yeah. So they need to see that I have balanced my ch- two children and my husband mm-hmm. and our wonderful life and that I balance here and my yeah. own guest. And it's something that I have to lead by example. Otherwise, how could they do it? So 
that was part of the reason why we got in the salon in the first place. And I've owned it for five years. I just had a five-year anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And I just bought my, my, my business partner out in May. And it's been really, I mean, we're, we were totally different ages. And she was awesome at the time. And um, she's in a time of life where she wants to settle down. And I'm at a time in my life where I want to just keep going. So it worked out perfect. And, and God provided the finance. And so uh, when we bought out. As soon as I signed those papers, came over here and expanded the salon to 15 more rental stations. Yeah, you've effectively doubled your salon. Yeah. So that's completely awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted to mention too, whenever I come into the salon, it's such a happy, positive atmosphere. So what you said, um, you know, about it being faith family and then everything else, like you can tell that there is definitely that foundation where everybody is very um, family oriented, like you can tell, even though you're not related by blood, that there's a, there's very much a strong family, uh, sense in here. And I love that. You don't get that with every salon you go to, especially at the nicer salons. Mm -hmm. So I love that you can really get that here. It's, it makes you feel very comfortable when you first come in as a guest and, uh, and especially getting, it's, it's especially hard to get that in a big city. Usually you find that in like, you know, the smaller towns where everybody knows each other here, you come in and everybody just like embraces you. And it's not, not, not like in an overwhelming way, but like in a, you're at the right spot. Yeah. And it's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That. Yeah. The girls, they do love each other. Um, and gratitude every morning is something we do. They come in a half an hour early. We tell each other what we're thankful for from each other. And, and it could be anything like, thank you so much for, helping me blow out that gas when you knew I was running behind because they do they'll jump in like it's not a cutthroat here it's we're we're only as strong as our weakest link so we're here to help everyone so mm -hmm. we don't want you not to ask questions we want you to feel comfortable because the only way you can grow mm -hmm. is to expand your knowledge you know mm -hmm. yeah. and so everybody's willing to share any kind of recipe we have or yeah. you know and we're kind of hair nerdy so we're at the color bar a lot having a lot of fun that way but um, if somebody's behind, everybody jumps in. And it's me. I'll blow out people's guests. It's Mitchie, one of our top stylists. Mm -hmm. um, it's the new girls. I mean, anybody will help anyone, which... Yeah, I was awesome. talking about this um, this topic earlier where uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, have this um, mentality of there's not enough to go around and I can't share my secrets with you and I can tell you how I did this thing in my business to grow because then you'll know it and then you'll take away from me. And it's actually uh, the opposite of that. The people that are most successful practice the exact opposite of that, of let me help you, let me educate you, let me show you how I did this. And the more I find, uh, I find that the more you give, the more that comes back to you just naturally without you even trying. And I have seen that in the salon. I've uh, Every time I come to see Michi, um, I see that type of... Uh, um, those characteristics come out of everybody. They're always asking, Hey, do you need these? Do you need these scissors? Oh, do you need the blow dryer? Or, Hey, where'd that, um, that, uh, a curling iron go? Oh, you need that? I'll bring it right back for you. Like, it's so friendly <laughs> yeah. and everybody, there's no like animosity or like, mm -hmm. there's no passive aggressiveness, which I've experienced at other salons. And it makes me feel really like uncomfortable, uncomfortable <laughs> as a guest. And I'm like, can you guys like leave that at home? Yeah. And I don't want to like be here for that. It's so different here. So I'm, I'm really glad I, I found the spot and I actually followed, for actually for those of you that follow me on instagram and see me mention mitchy every time i come to the salon i followed her from a different salon um when she moved here she moved here for that same reason because um she found the salon and she saw how um united all of you were and she's just like um i think you offered her like a spot or something and she took it 
Um, and so when I when I got here, she was telling me all about it and how much she loved it here. I'm like, yeah, I can tell. Like, you don't even need to tell me. It's so, um, it's such a good vibe in here. So for um, all of you that are in Las Vegas and Henderson, if you need a, a place to get your hair done, you got to come here. It's Thank it's you. like, I've been here eight years and this is my favorite salon, bar none. Thank you so, so much. Thank and you. it's not just because you're my guest. Like, I really mean that, you guys. Thank you so much. So, we um, love it. I want to move on a little bit and um, ask you about Giving Hope, uh-huh. which is... Um, um, your organization where you, um, well, I'll, I'll let you kind of describe it. Okay. Would you mind? Yeah, absolutely. So a part, I mean, part of the Paul Mitchell culture in general is giving back. So it's, it's natural, um, natural for hairstylists to want to give. And that's what we do in the chair. If you're a good hairstylist and you do it because you love it, mm-hmm. you're there for your guests, not about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like a selfless act. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think sometimes that goes, and then you have a bad experience, but because it goes the opposite way where they start forgetting that, you know, right. we're grateful for our guests. So without them, we don't eat. Right. you know they're like yeah. we're thankful right. and we get to do art on them like what? and you know for someone for for a business that's really successful like yours um i think a lot of business owners make the mistake of forgetting that and they start treating their clients like badly and they think you know oh well we're we're the we're best at what we favor. do so we're doing you a favor mm-hmm. but it's it's important to have that knowledge like you're very aware of how good you are at what you do um but you also don't treat your clients like you're doing them a favor favor they come in and you're just so happy to see them and it's so genuine so i really admire that about you as a business owner yeah um but go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off oh, no, you're fine you're fine <laughs> um so about five years ago, after we opened, maybe like two months after we opened, I was taking, um, there was like a box of food somebody gave us, because we were always doing little things anyways, and like, here, can you take this down to a pantry, and nobody could do it, I'm like, I'll do it, and I had, and I think I even had my kids in the car, so I hop in, um, go downtown to this address, Sorry. and I had not been down <laughs> in that area. I'm kind of stuck in this Henderson bubble is what we call it. Mm-hmm. And I go down and it's starting to look like a third world country here in America. Yeah. And I don't, I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. And there's hundreds of people on the street and it's Tuesday, which is a day where they're usually giving out food at the pantries. So I pull up and there's a, lot, a huge line outside and I'm just, I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. I asked somebody like, Oh yeah, this is, this is what's happening. There's not enough shelters down here. There's not enough uh, mental facilities for hospitals. And if you get into a mental hospital, you have two days to get medication right, which it takes two to three weeks, sometimes longer. And that's if you get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. And so people come out and come in and get medicated for two days and they're back on the street again. Wow. And there are I mean, just so many stories. So I came back. I was like, we've got to do something, you know, and everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. I've never had a team here that didn't want to get back, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so we started like brainstorming. I was like, sandwiches. And we started doing like, oh, let's just make some sandwiches. And it was really supposed to be just like a little thing we did. Yeah. And I think the first time we were shocked, it was like 200 sandwiches. Couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And then as it's growing, it's usually anywhere between 400 to 1,000 sandwiches typically. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one coming up is December 2nd at 10:30. It starts mm-hmm. here at JM Hair Gallery. Mm-hmm. About a, about a, you've been here, so you know it takes about a half an hour, which is amazing, yeah. um, to get everything organized and make these sandwiches. Just some meat, cheese, and bread. Some simple stuff. I go to Smart and Final and get the pre-sliced cheese there. Yeah. Um, they usually have the meat on sale and. I mean, you got to remember these people might not have a meal or might need to feed their friends in wheelchairs. And 
And so, and, and I'll go on about that later, but, yeah. and so we'll, um, get them here and it just, is kind of like, here's what we kind of need. We take any kind of donations If think about like the time of the year it is like, it's going to be cold. So mm-hmm. like extra coats or gloves, hats, socks, yeah. um, you know, backpacks, um, toiletries, items, water, mm-hmm. just stuff like that. And it, it, the summer is the hardest to get the crowd going out there because it's 116, but they're out there all day. Yeah. <laughs> and we're out there for 10 minutes and we're dying. Yeah. And so, but Christmas one's always a fun one to go to. Yeah. Um, and so we just kind of do that. And just it always works out perfect. We always get just the right amount of donations. Yeah. We Like I said, anywhere from 400 to 1,000 sandwiches in about a half an hour. As we gather, we take a nice little group picture, and then we head downtown in, like, a caravan. Mm-hmm. And you've done that, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a couple of times, actually. Yeah. More than a couple. And, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. It's fun. And uh, it is fun. And so we go down there, and it's always hard for somebody for the first time. But when they get down there, it's like, after we do it, they're just like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, yeah. how do we not know this is happening yeah. and so we go down and it now it used to take about an hour to deliver those sandwiches it takes about 10 minutes now because they've yeah. closed some more shelters down mm-hmm. and so so now it's more people out on the street you're going to see more people down in um ford master street which is a really big one and by shade tree it's like tent city now which i'm from seattle area i mean the northwest so mm-hmm. anacortes is like north of seattle which is a very tent city is a very big thing there mm-hmm. So now it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to pass out that many sandwiches and lunch, which is just in one spot, which is just crazy. I want to go into that a little bit more. Um, I just want to backtrack really quick and add a little bit of clarity. What what this is all about is... We literally pack sandwiches and, and food, right, in yeah. little paper bags. Yeah. Super simple. Um, people bring in their donations. We pack the food, the water, any drinks. Um, you can bring clothing donations. And then once that's all packed, we go downtown and distribute it. It's super simple. Yeah. Um, but and, and anybody can be involved. Some people bring their kids even, yeah. and you have little, you know, three, four-year-olds packing lunches. It's yeah. the sweetest thing to see. Um, but, yeah, it's nothing um, – I feel like a lot of people think uh, getting involved with doing any type of charity work is going to be, they have to have like the right training or it's going to uh-huh. be very difficult or they're not qualified. But no, you literally pack lunches, <sighs> a sandwich, some chips, maybe a piece of candy and like that's it. And then you go and you hand them out and that's it. It's super simple. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to make that really clear for those of you that want to get involved. Yeah. That's, you don't have to have any training for some of these organizations or, or charities. Like you, you can get involved and you can come as you are and you can always do something to help out. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you don't, what, one thing about giving hope and is, or anything that you're doing, giving we talked about this kind of earlier mm-hmm. is that you don't have to have money to give mm-hmm. charity, you right. know? And you just have to be a good person that wants to give back and, and spread some love around. That's it. I mean, it's so easy. It's like a smile, a handshake. I mean, eye-to-eye contact with somebody who doesn't usually get it. Right. Um, having kind words to say to somebody who's not heard it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just the homeless community. There's so much out there. Sometimes I even have it in my own salon with people who have all the money in the world, but they don't have all the happiness and the love. So right. you can do it in so many ways, but you don't have to be a millionaire to do it and I think that's something we way back like when I'm rich I'm gonna donate you know and it's like you don't even you don't even have to bring a donation to come here and help out you can just come as you are like you said in sweatpants I don't care yeah. and and just be here to, as an extra hand to help an extra smile on your face that that is what helps mm-hmm. so yeah everybody can get involved and I, we love the kids to get involved as well yeah 
Yeah, I love seeing the little kids running around yeah. here. And it's always like, I feel like um, the majority of the people here are like your own staff, like yeah. all the employees here, they all come in yeah. and help out and it's and they're doing this, you know, on their free time. It's, it's not, not required. Mandatory. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not required. Um, so it's really awesome to see how um, the culture in this business translates into, you know, this, this um, beautiful community that's helping us locally here. Um, and I'm sure that wherever you're listening from, there's something extremely similar, like something identical happening wherever you live. So, um, just, you know, do a little bit of research. I can, um, actually in the show notes, I'm going to leave a link to, um, apps that you can use to find ways, uh, you can give back. There's a bunch of different organizations and there's an app where you can find them, uh, depending on where you live, you just enter your error code. So it's really cool. But I would have never thought that coming to get my hair done, I would find this whole other world, um, which to me blew me away. And I'm, I'm really happy that I ended up here. And I feel like there was there's like a reason for all that. I've At, the, at that time, I was looking to, to uh, for a way to give back. Um, so I think it's really interesting how I found it right when that time where I was feeling very like, um, very kind of like uh, lost and very, um, I, I had the desire to give back. I feel like I needed to kind of look inward and, um, kind of step outside my own, uh, my own world and, and give back, you know, I feel like, um, at one point or another, we all have that, um, that calling where Mm -hmm. we feel like, okay, we're, we're kind of like lost. We don't know what our purpose is. We don't know where we're going. And, um, it's really nice to, to take a step back and think, okay, maybe I need to go serve others. Mm -hmm. And you find so many answers when you do that. Even Mm -hmm. if you do it one time, it gives you such a new perspective on life and what's important and um, how you should be helping your community and how that helps impact the world, even though you're doing something as simple as packing lunches and and handing them out to people. Um, It's it's such a really um, cool way to bring a fresh new perspective onto your life and and to see what's really important. Yeah. So, um, touching back on, uh, when you went down there that, that very first time to take that box of donations, um, what, what exactly did you see? Like what type of people, were they just like, um, older people that were homeless or were there families? What exactly? A little bit of everybody, every race, every age, kids, which is always hardest to see, I think. Um, kids like teenagers or even mm, younger teenagers and even younger, like, down to toddlers I mean I've pulled out diapers out of my when my kids were younger and they had diapers Mm -hmm. I pulled out diaper bags and wipes whatever I had and just gave them you know I I don't see it as much and the moms aren't on drugs or anything like sometimes I see them and they're literally sometimes from a different country and they come here looking for this wonderful life Mm -hmm. and it's it might be better where they're from but it's not like the standard what we're used to and they're still struggling you know yeah that's one of the um I want to talk about the misconceptions of um surrounding homelessness because that's one of the things I think a lot of people um think when you think of homelessness you hear that word and you think oh you usually think of a man Mm -hmm. um in you know mid or 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 late stage in his life and and he's just like dirty and lazy and a drug addict or a drunk and that is not necessarily true kind of at all Mm -hmm. um would you do you know some of the statistics on homelessness? I do. Okay. Yeah. So and I mean everybody's been there. I mean I think people are like oh gosh don't come to my window I'm not gonna look at them you know and mm-hmm. and even when you you know even when you see somebody that is on the highway begging and that's not a lot of where we, what we see when we go down there mm-hmm. that's a very small percent actually that goes in and begs with a sign mm-hmm. but if they are 
you know, I, if you can't have a dollar, oh, well. I mean, if you have a water bottle in your car, great. And I've never had anybody go, I don't want this. I mean, everybody's thankful. But even just looking at them and smiling, mm-hmm. or God bless you, or whatever it is, like, acknowledgement makes somebody feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I think it's just, the, yeah, misconception completely. Um, only 15% of the homeless population comes there from alcohol and drug and addiction. Mm-hmm. So only 15. I think people think everybody has done they drugs and that's like, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. They think it's like 90%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people after, you know, 60% is mental illness, which sometimes people self-medicate. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think sometimes too, when you're on the street for so long, that is what you're going to do to get by. And mm-hmm. can't blame anybody for that. I think we all forget so we could all be there. Mm-hmm. Like we're very lucky if you're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's easy. I mean, it could be, um, a lot of people I interview like will have, um, been divorced and so they're paying actually, they're actually working small jobs and because they are homeless, and they don't have an ID. They'll get paid like three to $4 and they're not going to argue about it or report them because they're not getting paid minimum wage because they're just looking for a job. Right. So unfortunately, and I've had guys work at three jobs, $3 an hour, and they're just trying to like pay their alimony and things like that. Um, I, they have a, a system down in LA called the port where they'll send people here promising them housing mm-hmm. and then they don't have it when they get here. So they're on the streets for, I, I interviewed a woman, I think she was on the streets for six weeks and she thought she was going to have a place. She had a place in LA and a job. Mm-hmm. She had a job lined up, but she was still working, but living on the street. So like that misconception of like, they're not working and they're lazy, mm-hmm. you know, no, they're just people with bad luck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We were talking about this earlier too. Um, um, about how anybody could really end up there. You think it can't happen to you or your family members or your kids, um, but these are who these people are. They're somebody's family member. They're somebody's mom, dad, brother, sister, daughter. And um, what I think is, um, you know, again, that misconception of these are just like old, dirty men that are lazy, which is like the silliest thing Mm. thing to think because... Um, a lot of these people have had medical issues and medical bills um, drowned them mm-hmm. and they ended up homeless because of that because yeah. they couldn't afford their bills um, they couldn't afford to pay their mortgage and one of the things that happens when you don't have a house anymore you don't have an address means you can't get an ID yeah. and when you can't get an ID you can't get a job yeah. and like you said they end up working under the table so their employers take advantage of them and pay them $5 an hour or less Um, so when you fall into those circumstances, it's really hard to dig yourself out of a hole. So to say, um, to somebody, you know, you're, you're just being lazy, go get a job. You don't realize how difficult it is. You don't take a shower for months and live on the streets and then no ID and all that and no money or anything and go try to get a job. I mean, it wouldn't be easy, right? Right. You wouldn't go to a job interview without having showered for two days. No. Much less a week, a month. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the other misconceptions that you find um, that people have about homelessness? Okay, well, a lot of them are veterans. Mm, And so here's these people serving our country. And people are like, oh, they can get help. Yeah, kind of. And But if they're not mentally there mm-hmm. and they're suffering from something, then they actually don't know to get the help. And I think that's where, like, because there is welfare. But a lot of these other people are like, why could, they could go get welfare. Mm-hmm. But they mentally can't. And that could kind of be the reason, like, you can look at it and see, okay, we have this really big mental health issue actually is going on. Yeah. One time we were down there, and this is another one I've seen a couple of times, this lady was so nice. And if you ever go down, you'll, you'll, and you have, mm-hmm. but you guys would notice that people are so helpful. There's a couple of them that are, you know, not, but most of them 
want to go and take extra sandwiches to the people across the street in the wheelchairs that can't yeah. get over. I mean, they're like, and they won't take more. Like, I'm like, you can take three sandwiches because I don't know them. It could be a meal for, you know, a couple meals. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, oh, no, I won't, I won't want to take my share. I'll have one. And I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah. That's like. I've seen that. I know. I'm like, I have people, I can see people doing, like, that have money that could get, like, a free coffee and wouldn't even or you know what I mean? Like they yeah. would take as many as they could. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, give it to me. It's I've like, here's this person who has nothing at all who won't take more. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that was an eye opener. Mm-hmm. Another one was, I had this really amazing woman and it was just so full of life in the light. And she was, um, she had Down syndrome mm-hmm. and she was going across the street and her hands were almost crippled, but she kept scaring me actually. She's going across this busy street and she was bringing waters and lunches over to all her friends and smile on her face and just thank you so much and God bless you. And, and, um, she ended up on the street because her parents died Wow. and they took care of her and nobody wow. fan of a family stepped up to, or weren't around to take care of her. So she lived in a home all the way up until she was in her, I think late I think she told me late forties wow. and now she's on the street only because she has, you know, she's has down syndrome and, and there was nobody to take her on. She can't live, support herself. Right. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. Like there's another, what if your family dies and you're the only one and you need help? Yeah. I've encountered actually, um, that same story with, uh, this, uh, this young boy who, um, when we had first, um, my partner and I had moved into this apartment. Um, there was a Walmart across the street from us. And every time I'd go into that Walmart, I'd see the same boy. He, he was a teenager at the time. Um, and he would be sitting outside Walmart, like reading a book. And I saw him every time. And I thought, what's going on with this kid? Like, he, I think he's homeless. And um, my, uh, my partner went and asked him what you know, what are you doing down here? Why are you sitting down here all the time? Like, do you need some help? Can I, can I do anything mm-hmm. for you? And he was an open book and he's like, yeah, I'm homeless. And, uh, my mom, she actually had a really, uh, she has a really bad, um, drug problem. So I moved away and, um, I moved in with my grandma and my grandma died. And then the bank took the house because no one was paying for mm-hmm. it. So I ended up moving, um, moving out and I had to live on the street cause I don't know anybody else here in town and I don't have money to go back home. But even if I did, my mom can't support me because she yeah. has a really bad drug drug problem. And he was actually telling my partner that he uh, wanted to go back home so that he could get his little brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like getting emotional just thinking about this. And it's so heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, he wanted to go back home so he could get his, his little brother and, and, and help bring him up. Wow. <sighs> Yeah. Well, you know, it's real. This, this is, is real like stuff. Years ago and I'm still so sad about yeah. it. Oh, this is real. Like yeah. this is what people don't want to see, but this is what is there. And you know, yeah, life does throw you curse. You know, the cool thing is though, there's so much good in any situation. And giving them hope, that's why I call it giving hope. Mm-hmm. The reason why we call it that is you don't know if that like conversation you had with that guy mm-hmm. inspired him. Yeah. to go and get him yeah and he could have got a job you don't know and i've met people who used to be homeless that are successful now yeah. that they did have that person who helped in fact john paul de jour is was homeless oh wow yeah i didn't know that yeah homeless for a short time and um i think i think if i'm right i could be wrong on this but i think the hell's angels actually helped him out which is funny there you go like wow. <laughs> not thinking that uh that these people are going to be helpful, but they did. And, um, you know, people do want to, our, our natural instinct of what we're supposed to do is, is to serve others. Mm-hmm. It's a natural instinct. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you find that, that servant heart, that 
uh, even lead, leadership in a servant way is when you actually find peace and happiness in your, in your heart, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think just helping these people. And I mean, like I, I'm with you, I can cry at the drop of a dime because it's just, I, um, especially in a feeler and being a hairstylist is like, you can feel somebody else's situation. You can put yeah. yourself in it yeah. and then your heart changes. If you can't put yourself in it, have that compassion. It's a little harder, I think. But if you can put yourself into a situation, think, gosh, that could be me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have, um, they're able to, to relate when you really look inward, because like you said, we all have, we all inherently want to help others. I feel like we're, we're all born with that. We want to help others and we want to be a community and we want to serve others. But there's so much as you grow up that divides you. And, you know, when, whether it's about, um, you know, dressing the right way or being Mm -hmm. who people want you to be, there's, um, and then there's like the whole, um, politics divide us, um, all these issues divide us. Right. Um, and I feel that that's a really, um, big thing that's going on right now in this nation Mm -hmm. is that there's just so much divide. And we were talking about er earlier, um, before we started recording, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast is because I want to bring people together and um, I want everyone to realize that you're born with so much compassion and so much of a need to um, want to help others and all these things divide us. But if you take your power back and you start um, serving others mm-hmm. and, and, and joining your community and, and being an example for others, you're going to get that back to you and your community is going to improve because of that small step that you took. If everybody just takes that one little small step, we're going to create a world that is better for all of us. Yeah. And, and a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, really quick. I <laughs> go just ahead. Mention, you know what? Here's another thing too. And, and it was funny, um, not to throw my hubby on the bus cause he's a great man and supports me in everything I do, but we had a guy, this is not an area you're going to see a lot of homeless people. We had a guy who was homeless not that long ago. He kept coming out the front. He was so sweet. I came up, I go, you want some water, man? And cause he was a human. We forget sometimes, like, like I said, this is, we're all made the same mm-hmm. and you're right. They are trying to divide us cause you divide and you conquer. I think that we put up either the worldly things are blocking us from seeing it. Or they put up defenses like there's oh you're different than me so you know mm-hmm. I'm not gonna come near you and it's like yeah. no 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 they're not different than you, yeah. um, and so he was out here and um, we you know came in one of the girls I had the kids with me like so I can actually do the service myself but this is how good my Tina is she's like do you mind I'm not busy can I wash his hair she, she oh my gosh night and day wow. just shaved his head gave my clear scalp massage I mean wow. he was here for hours so I went and I mean the full service you know beard trim and everything mm-hmm. and his shoes were duct taped you know and I and I had the girls I went left with the kids and I said hey what go ask him what size he is he didn't even know he's been on the street so long mm-hmm. he didn't know what clothes size wow. was or shoes he said 15 there was no way wow. and that's how long it's been yeah. and so my kids are in the car and I have to lead by example you know so we go and uh, we get him a whole outfit, two outfits, and we dress him up. And so he he came in the salon looking homeless. He came out looking like uh, a pretty sharp man, actually. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him. I bought him lunch over there. And he goes, man, he hasn't sat at a lunch with somebody and not been stared at in years. Mm-hmm. Just this young guy, good-looking guy, too, like maybe in his 30s. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to pry too much, but just, you know, talking to him. And I'm with my kids and stuff. And, and, and my husband goes, you know, if you do that, they're going to all come back. <laughs> shame on you and I go mm, I'm not worried about that mm-hmm. um and good if that's the case if that's what God wants me to do that's what we're doing but right, um right. I go you know I think that's another thing people think if they do it once you know everybody's gonna come and they're begging at them I'm like that's 
not how it is, you know. Right. It really isn't. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I, I saw him a couple of days later, not here, but on when I was going down to feed the homeless, walking on the highway down to the Owen Street area, and I thought, oh, yeah. I, there he is. Yeah. His new kicks and his new outfit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can open your doors up. I mean, be safe about it with anything. Yeah. I mean, that's with anybody, no matter who they are. Yeah, of course. But um, So please don't be like bringing people into your home and even crazy, but, mm-hmm. you know, there are things you can do that are safe, that can help out and, yeah. and know your surroundings. And even when we yeah. go down there, it's like we have a big group with us, And yeah. but I've, in the, in the five years, I thank God, we haven't had any kind of situation it's, it's always really it's shocking i think because they're so thank you so much and yeah they're so polite oh when we go gosh, down there i know they're so happy too even the people that like you can tell that there's like that they're not um super mentally stable they're still super polite and like they might be talking to themselves but when they come up to you and they grab like a water um or some food or something they're super polite mm-hmm. i'm always so impressed mm-hmm. um so one of the other misconceptions that I wanted to talk about, there's so many, but one of the, <laughs> the main ones that I wanted to highlight, which what you were just talking about, where um, you think that you can't approach homeless people or go help them because you you feel unsafe. Um, so a lot of the times, I mean, put yourselves in their in in their shoes. If if you were um, if you hadn't showered for months and you had the same old clothes on that were, you know were tattered and you haven't cut your hair or washed your hair in who knows how long, you probably wouldn't be um, super friendly looking, you know, on the outside yeah. as well. You're yeah. probably going to, you know, life's beating you up mm-hmm. and you're not going to be, have like this huge smile on your face. But what I find is usually um, 90% of the time, these people are not mean. They're not, um, they're not looking to harm me even more than 90% of the time. I've never encountered a situation where I was, I felt like I was in danger or I felt, um, or I was, you know, um, uh, verbally abused even. I've never encountered that. The worst I've ever encountered was that I was ignored. And that's literally (laughs) like the worst that, that happened to me, nothing beyond that. Um, but like you said to to them it's it's so much um they're so grateful for you to even just sit with them and have a meal Mm -hmm. and not look at them like they're a freak of nature you know what i mean it's another human that Mm -hmm. just wants to have a connection and wants to feel like normal and not feel like they've been abandoned yeah you know nobody ever wants to feel that way it's just invisible period i mean it's not just homeless i mean it's almost that's almost a word i don't even like to say anymore Mm. Uh, just like less unfortunate or You know, sometimes I'll say like, um, usually I say like less unfortunate or something, but and I'll typically say like families in need. I'll say in need mm-hmm. because when people hear homeless, like no, I'm not homeless. Yeah, there's a there's a big um, like stigma attached to that word yeah. where immediately you're like, nope, yeah. and you're cut off, and yeah. you don't want to you don't want to engage at all. Yeah. Um, but like you said, when you're going down and helping um, people in need, you don't you need to be safe just like you would with anybody else. I have felt there's times where I have felt super unsafe in very affluent neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. you know, around people that have tons of money and you think, Oh, you know, looking, looking um, around you, you think I'm totally safe here. Mm -hmm. There's only rich people around Mm -hmm. and this is like the best part of town, but I've had more unsafe experiences in those parts of town from people that I would think, you know, would, I would never assume want to harm me than I have around people um, 
like uh, on Skid Row, for example. Yeah. I, I remember going down there um, uh, with my dad. And can we go to L.A.? He'd do the same thing that you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, we talked about this before recording where um, he would uh, he would buy food. He would save his leftovers and buy extra food, mm-hmm. always Chinese food because it's his favorite. And uh-huh. he'd go down to Skid Row and he'd distribute as many meals as he could. Uh-huh. And there was never a time where I felt like at first it was a little scary because it's unknown yeah. and we're, we're yeah. very afraid of what we don't know. Yeah. So I think educating ourselves on, on these issues and talking to people that have, you know, experience in this or just learning a little bit more and, and, and going in and helping you learn so much that, um, you dispel a lot of those fears mm-hmm. and there's nothing better than that because you're, you're growing as a person mm-hmm. and you're, you're able to help your community more and your community is where your family lives, where your children yeah. live. Yeah. So really it's kind of our responsibility mm-hmm. to help those um, that are in need because this is where, you know, this is where my baby's it's growing your home. Up. This is yeah, your home. It's your home. Exactly. Absolutely. Take, take some pride in it, which yeah. I mean, the shooting here was one of the worst things that's probably ever happened in the U S I think. Mm-hmm. But what's weird about it is one of the best things, and it's horrible, but the, the way that the city came together, yeah. we are the tightest community. I mean, they at least honored the people who had, have passed away because people are helping now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting more involved. Mm-hmm. I think they're realizing, like, hey, here, this is this is a city. We are home. Here's yeah. the Golden Knights. I mean, we've just been united in so many cool things. We definitely have more volunteers coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it can help in any way. There's so many ways yeah. to help. Yeah. When you were saying that, um, you know, it's not so scary and stuff, and I totally agree. You know what's funny is they're probably scared of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, even think about somebody who intimidates you mm-hmm. or has treated you bad. It's a natural instinct to like, mm, you know, like I'm going to be careful around this person. Yeah. When you're down there, I mean, unfortunately, there's like people who get, you know, beat up, not usually by other homeless people. It's actually by like maybe a little bit like more of a lower income crowd mm-hmm. that will take their shoes right. or because um, a lot of them can't defend like this one guy he's a, a vet and he's got like um, a walker mm-hmm. and one time we went down there and he had a big black guy in his bloodshot and he had his shoes stolen off of him and he was like 70 and served wow. in the military I mean just stuff like that I'm like oh my gosh like he's somebody's he could be somebody's grandfather mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the family they have no idea you know there's right I mean one time we were down there and there was a girl and she's about 13 and she looked like she hadn't been on the streets very long so I came up and I was like do you need a sandwich she, oh thanks and um and she almost didn't take it at first and then she did like she didn't need it mm-hmm. and I go what are you doing here you know because she's kind of young mm-hmm. and she's like I'm waiting for my mom and dad and I was like they left you here <laughs> you know and she said they've been gone and but they're gonna they told me not to leave here they're gonna come back I go how long have they been gone they've been gone for three days they just, wow. I don't know what they did. I don't know if they ever got her. I was like, oh, here's a shelter. Here's a woman. You're kind of young, so you can go in the kids' teenager shelters, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even, like, people who who mistreated in the military, you know, they're going to be scared when you come up. They didn't get treated right. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have been in the foster care, kids, who, if they can make it past the first year out of foster care systems, mm-hmm. they don't trust adults. They don't trust people because most of them haven't been abused or, you know, somebody's used mm-hmm. their trust and abused it. Yeah. And so now they're on the defense. And so most of the time, yeah, I would say they're probably more scared of us than we're scared of them, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I said, they're, it's just, we could be that person. I mean, yeah, we're all the same. And, uh, and you can get back in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have a bunch of money. Yeah. It could just be a nice conversation, a smile. It really mm-hmm. could be that simple. And that's like, that doesn't matter who you're smiling at. That could be your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be the, 
the rich lady on the street. It, it doesn't matter who it is, right. but just showing that kindness. I think we forget that sometimes. <laughs> we're, yeah. too, we're too worried about the Kardashians, you know? Like, who cares about that? <laughs> yeah, we get too caught up in our own, um, in our own lives, which, you know, it's, it's easy to do because we all have issues. We yeah. all have things that we're working on. We all have, um, you know, negative things in our lives that take our attention away and that make you, you know, they make us bitter. But, um, in remembering that you know we're all struggling mm-hmm. no matter how happy we look on our social oh, media accounts so true. we're all struggling <laughs> remember Harris Dawson know everything yeah. <laughs> people tell us a lot exactly. oh, it's true though it doesn't matter how good you portray it you know we we're all human we all go through it. it's how you handle the situation yeah. is how to me mm-hmm. is how you're supposed to do it so I tell the girls we all I go through things too but mm-hmm. it's how you handle it mm-hmm. and that helps you get through it which helps you get through more stuff later which gives you that gratitude in your life and it's mm-hmm. the only way to be happy is to have gratitude. Yeah. Definitely gratitude is the biggest thing. Yeah. And it's all the people around me. Like, nobody gets successful by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's not me. It's yeah. not the people I've had around me for all these years. Yeah. My parents, my sister, everybody. What's that saying? Um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah, absolutely. So true. I always tell the girls, like, nobody here is by themselves. I think that's why we are a different salon. Usually it's like the one person's good. And that's it. And everybody, like, is fearful of them and that's kind of how the hair world can be sometimes mm-hmm. um but here it's we you know we're only strong as our weakest link which means that we need to be there to support them mm-hmm. we want our boat to go far and strong like yeah. we need everybody on here you know yeah. uh yeah captain's not a captain without a crew yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> very very true um one of the other things i wanted to talk about is i've seen a lot of um uh, cities are starting to criminal criminalize oh. homelessness yeah. um what I mean, locally, it's not happening yet in in too many cities, but I feel like the larger cities is is where it's starting. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently, um, I found out that it's illegal to give uh, give homeless people food here in Las Vegas. Um, That, to me... I just I saw that and I was instantly in fury. Please don't get me started. (laughs) Yeah, it's I to me this is like these are humans that were trying to throw into the garbage basically mm-hmm. we're just trying to how can you i mean when you criminalize being homeless first of all it's a largely out of their control yeah second of all if you throw them in jail or you give them a fine how are they going to pay that fine if they don't have a job well, they want to give you one too for giving your money right you know that right right my thing is here's the biggest question right here when do we think it's okay for somebody to tell us how to spend the money that we worked hard as American citizens and paying taxes. Mm-hmm. If you tell me I can't give somebody food, anybody, or money, how to use my money, mm-hmm. what's going on? Mm-hmm. We're living in a free country, last I knew. Mm-hmm. And I, I would expect that if I want to give, if I want to give my whole paycheck to somebody and they're random down the street, I better be allowed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I worked hard for that. Yeah. And so I think the biggest question is that should never be allowed. I mean, if, if we really want to do something, you know, there, there's so much money in this country. There is a lot of money. There should be no starving people. Yeah, and I think the idea of, of criminalizing homelessness is that, like you like we were saying earlier, if you feed them, they're going to come back. Mm-hmm. But just rewind the episode. Yeah. We get, we get yeah. into all that. I mean, you can't, that, that's not, you can't see somebody that's starving and that needs help and just not help and think, no, you know, we're going to, 
yeah, or we're going to throw you in jail because you can't, you're in these circumstances and you're making our city look bad. I mean, I think a lot of them would like rather be in jail half the time. Right. They would, because they would be fed three times a day oh at gosh. least. And yeah. you have a safe, a safe issue. I mean, it's still, it's not safe on the streets for them either. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's usually not their own community. They actually looked after each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I said, like maybe like there's a lot of gangs and things like that big on them. Um, I mean, a lot of these people are nice people. Like mental illness. If we had more facilities, there's so much. And I know there's a governor here who's trying to make like a, a utopia, pretty much for them. Um, which I think always, I'm like, if we need not to think of getting rid of the situation, we need to think about how we can help better them so they can get out of their situation. And we should reintegrate them into the community. And then be, I don't want it. Well, then if they don't want it, let's figure out something. That we can do. I wouldn't want to go back either if I felt shunned from my society. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving them there, you know, there's so many jobs. Why don't we? We don't even grow or make food in our own country anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, make something that is your their area. Give them the freedom that they need because we are in a free country, but where they could help. And there's a lot of people in this country that do some cool stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's one where they make. Um, jackets that turn into sleeping bags mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I think yeah. she's in like. I want to say it's the Chicago-ish area or somewhere around there, if I'm right, or Detroit, maybe, maybe Detroit. Mm-hmm. And she actually hires um, homeless women mm-hmm. or men who can sew. And yeah. she has a whole factory. It's all these, they're, they're actually giving back. Mm-hmm. They're doing it for free, but they get like a place to stay in this factory. Oh. They get some food, um, but they're giving back and doing these jackets for other people out there. And I thought, mm. that is so cool. Yeah. Like, there you go. There's a great example. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have an awesome thing that I was like, okay, one of the things that a lot of business owners complain about, and when I, because um, I have Black Boutique, mm-hmm. I actually opened up a pop-up. Um, it's I've had it for two years. It's all black clothing line. Mm-hmm. It's www.black.boutique. It's Tours hairstylist, like all black, trendy, affordable clothing. And mm-hmm. I've partnered with Paul Mitchell. I do their trade shows. But I did open up a pop-up shop in the Container Park, mm. which I love what Tony Shea is doing down there. Yeah. It's getting trendy. It's starting to be more like a city. He's doing awesome. And a lot of them will complain about homeless. And they've got, you know, like, <laughs> it's kind of sad. It's like they're trying to push them off, but they don't have a place for them. But a lot of them, because they trash the front, you know, they have trash cans and things like that. And they actually, if you look around in the area, the next time we drive down there, mm-hmm. look and notice that they don't have a, like where we have trash every, you know, couple of storefronts. It's yeah. not like that down, and especially on the main street. So there's not a lot of trash cans. But I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had a program where trash was currency? And we actually recycled it, not just threw it away. We recycled it, which is better for us. And, you know, we're recycling here as well. We're yeah. a green salon. Um, so I'm, I want to keep our planet good for my own kids and I want those kids, their kids and my great, great grandkids to have a planet drinking water, yeah. um, and not be full of a landfill. Yeah. So what if we had a recycling program and this, and I, when I was in Seattle, it really inspired me cause it's very, um, it's everywhere there. Very eco-friendly yeah. city. Right. But, but then homelessness is everywhere there. And it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of dirty areas. There's a lot of like trash everywhere. I'm like, what if mm-hmm. they could pick up and like a bag was a hot meal. Mm-hmm. or you got a bag for a night to stay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I know like, oh, they could go get a trash can. Or, you know, who cares? But, <laughs> oh, well, we're still recycling it. So it'd be better than if they didn't do that. Yeah. You know, of course, if they went to a recycling menu, you notice because it would be all recycled. So I feel like there's a way we could control it mm-hmm. and have like a program where they could collect these bags, collect, yeah. help clean our city. Now they have a, now they'd have an important job in our city. Mm-hmm. And in Vegas, it's littered every day downtown. 
Mm-hmm. And they have pay people to go down there and clean that up. Right. I mean, what a cool and thing. And the city is, is paying for it. Yes. What if they had a program for, for our homeless people to go down there? And like I said, they could take a shower, mm-hmm. um, anything. You know, it's like yeah. a new pair of shoes for, you know, three trash bags or whatever it is. Yeah. And we recycle it. And then the recycling, we could have a recycling facility mm-hmm. that that they could actually help and recycle. And just like us, they want to give back too. Yeah. They just don't want to take yeah. And a lot of people, it's hard for even them to take anything at all. Yeah. You know, especially in the beginning, they don't want to take from you. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we don't want it. It's hard to take from people because yeah. <laughs> we want to, you don't want to do that, you know. Yeah. It, it feels like we're accepting defeat and yes. we're, we're less than if, yeah. we, if we accept a, a donation. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's actually, I forget which city, but there are, there are some cities, um, I want to say, like maybe somewhere in Asia, if I recall correctly, uh-huh. um, where they have these machines where you can recycle. And one of them I saw, um, people can recycle um, like bottles and paper and stuff. And the machine will pour out food for like stray animals. Wow. And water. That is such a cool thing. Yeah. And one of them I think might actually also deliver like hot meals for those in need. It was something like there's different ones and it's so cool. Awesome. I'm like, we need that in America. We're yeah. like one of you know the most um, powerful nations in the world. Yet our people are struggling so much uh-huh. we we need to do better for those that, that need our help so we're nearing the end of the episode and i want to ask what's next for um for giving hope do you have plans to to grow it do you have plans for um to do something more with it and so this is a two-part question that's part of it <laughs> and the other part is um for somebody that's listening in another part of the country um or anywhere really and they're a business owner mm-hmm. um or they want to start some type of like um way to give back what advice would you have for them okay well next for um giving hope well our next one is december 2nd this sunday at 10 30 mm-hmm. here at jm hair gallery um what i'd like to see with it is with jm actually i'd like to spread the salon. So I actually have one more here and then start mm-hmm. to go different states and to carry that same tradition mm-hmm. in each one. Um, I do encourage, I've had a lot of hairstylists um, from other s- uh, states mm-hmm. contact me and go, how do you do that? You know, and it seems so hard. It's so easy. I'm like, I don't know. I just put a post out and said, everybody bring some sandwich supplies. Let's <laughs> gather, you know, yeah. with some great music on. We'll have some fun. Yeah. And it, it's just an easy, easy, easy thing. It does not have to be hard. Mm-hmm. Even I encourage people, even after Thanksgiving, you know, if you have those leftovers, which I know we have too many leftovers mm-hmm. and as soon as they go to waste, you know, pack some plates up and go hand them out. You'd be surprised how thankful everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, just, I'd like to see that and give people a little bit of softer heart about it. And, and I, I never blame anybody for saying like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, they need to get a good job. Cause I mean, I feel like we've all been there at one point. Mm-hmm. I just want to give them a little bit of knowledge. Like it could be anyway, it could be their grandson. Mm-hmm. Even if he had a drug addiction, gosh, mm-hmm. nobody wants to see that. You know, I'm sure that the 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 girl with um, Down syndrome that you encountered, I'm yeah. sure that her parents did never <sighs> they never would have imagined that once they passed away, their daughter would be homeless. Oh, no. So you never know, you know, and you never know when your time to go is going to come. No. So. Um, yeah, I feel like we, we need to come together more. And, and so when that does happen, if, if we do end up in these unfortunate circumstances, we'll have a community that has our back. As I know your community too, know your mm-hmm. neighbors, know what's going on. And in a business, as a business owner, if you can give back and it doesn't have to be in money, it can be in anything, 
you will be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, success unshared is failure. So, you know, so be make sure you're sharing your success with the people. Make mm-hmm. sure you're sharing your secrets. Yeah. There is no secrets, you know. It's, yeah. uh, we're all learning. Uh, I've had, so, I've been blessed. I've had so many salon friends tell me things, and I still had to learn my lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can tell people, and they're going to have to learn their lessons. And yeah. um, it's just, it's really cool to have a community that will help you out. And I think as you show that in your in your community as a business owner, mm-hmm. people want to come support your small business. Yeah. They want to be part of this. Yeah. They want to be part of that good energy. Yeah. You know, everybody's naturally attracted to, to that, I think. And people who actually care, like when you come here to the salon, it affects everybody in here's family. Mm-hmm. But when you go to a corporate thing, you don't even know who that person is. It going, you know, it might, but it's like oh, to that top, you know? And, and so, I mean, I'm a huge supporter of small businesses and it, it's harder as it gets on in this time. Yeah. But, um, Anytime I, I mean, if I can, and I think it's coming from Seattle, anytime I can support a small business, I will over anything else. Yeah. I'm like, um, I've made a lot of friends that way too. And I'd say get involved with other owners too and see what they do. When we do, um, because we do art and wine events for charity and things like that as well. Um, we've done, I mean, so many multiple things. You'd be surprised who jumps in like, uh, Grouchy Johns. Mm-hmm. They donate coffee to us to go down there and we yeah. probably going to ask them actually, I was actually asking Joe Max that they will, cause they're also privately owned, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, the uh, pink donuts—they'll chip in donuts and stuff. Wow. They're just and they're they're locally owned businesses. So yeah. and it's good to know those people, you yeah. know. Um, Tuscany Grill always helps out. Um, I mean, there's just so many business owners, and if I'm missing somebody, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that will just hey, I'd like to help out you, you know, you out, and it's it's really cool. And not looking for anything in return, which right. is cool too. Not that I even care, but yeah. you know, it's like people just want to do good. And you yeah. know what? That's the funny thing too is sometimes when you give, people are so weirded out about that. <laughs> Because they think you're going to want something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you don't really want anything. You just want them to do good, you know, or like, have a good day. So, and it can be little things. Okay, my last question, and uh, this is with the, in theme with the show. What inspires you? Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Good question. <laughs> I don't know. There's um, always too much to choose from, so people have yeah. trouble coming up with it an is, answer. It is. You know, that's, that is such a good answer What inspires me. Um, I just, I've been, I'm born this way. I think I, hmm. I might've changed over the years a little bit, but now I think what inspires me the most is watching other people grow mm. and my kids. Yeah. And my yeah. It's always, I know. I, know, I, was like, I don't know. <laughs> You're getting teary eyed. Um, I do too. My, yeah, when my, I think my about parents, my they're such good parents. And, mm-hmm. um, like I said, even I grew up, with, we didn't have a lot of money when I grew up, but I never even knew, which I'm so blessed that I got to do that. Cause I think sometimes we think we have to give people like these physical gifts or um, like our kids can't be happy without, but all they're looking for is your time mm-hmm. more than anything. And yeah. it's because I grew up not, I mean, like I said, I thought I had the best Christmas. My mom was like, gosh, I think when she told me when I was three or four, she didn't even tell me this. My aunt told me last time we were up for the holidays that they were so poor. They're just trying to make it. They're both of the parents died young, so they're by themselves. They didn't have family help. There you go. Could have wow. been them, right? Yeah. My dad works seven fifteens in construction. Up in Washington, it rains all day. His boots be so soaking wet. By the time he put them on the heat dryer, uh, and when that came out, that was awesome. He didn't have one. He used to put it on the vents on the bottom of the floor first. Mm-hmm. Um, it would still be soaking wet, just kind of a warm wet mm-hmm. in the morning when he went back again. Wow. I mean, that's hard work. Yeah. And my mom, he wanted my mom to be a stay-at-home mom with me, and so. Um, but anyways, my aunt said that they couldn't afford anything for Christmas. And so my mom made reefs out. She went cut branches down, made reefs, and sold them door to door. 
Wow. So she could make me like a little doll oh in a stroller. Gosh. I was like, <laughs> that is what moms do. Yeah. I was like, it's, I didn't oh know. I was like, I thought it was the best thing ever. And I just think, gosh, how funny, like, that, you know, we always think we have to do these, these physical, or these, like, materialistic things but really mm-hmm. the memories we create with other people mm-hmm. these these con you know being yeah. like um connections and mm-hmm. contact with people and uh, i'm just glad my parents raised me like that that was uh thank god yeah <laughs> you see how how after so many years that still sticks with you oh yeah i'm grateful for everything i get mm-hmm. and i'm grateful for what i don't have to yeah and you're, and you're giving it back into your community into the world yeah. so i feel like that perfectly sums up this podcast <laughs> you know you're gonna we're gonna end on a high note of yeah it, everything everything you do all these memories that you create all this positivity that you learn you know as a child you put it back into the world as an adult and you're showing your children to do this, you know, which is amazing because they're going to continue this beautiful cycle. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as my rambunctious 19 month old settles down a little bit, uh-huh. I'm planning oh, to cute. bring her, um, I'm planning to bring her and so she can help out because I see some of the other, um, some of your stylists bring in their little ones and it's yeah. the best. Yeah. It's so great to give them, um, to give them this experience to be part of their foundation. And I feel like that's how we should be raising children to, you know, from a very early age, we yeah. think that they're not aware, but they so are. Yeah. And giving the, giving them these experiences really sets a really good, strong foundation for giving back and, and remembering you know who um what they are who they are and what's important and it's good to focus on what's good in the world mm-hmm. and nowadays i don't even watch the news i'll tell you like i yeah. really don't i get here in front of enough people but <laughs> i um you know and i don't really want my kids to ever do that because it's 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 a drama thing which we have no drama policy mm-hmm. so it's a drama thing it's it's blowing up way bigger than it is yes there's a lot of sad in the world but there is more good than bad mm-hmm. and there always will be we just have to really recognize it and we need to focus on the good stuff i mean if you do that i promise happiness always but yeah it's easy for people to focus on the bad it just is and it's like don't don't do it and and i hope that everybody can be an encourager too yeah if somebody's having a bad day be the encourager that says hey it's not that bad (laughs) you know you just need people like that in your life yeah i want everyone to remember because i'm the same way i i actually um watch the news almost every day and it can be super overwhelming and dark and depressing but what i want everyone to realize with this podcast is that you have the ability to change all of that you have the ability to be a friend to somebody and change their day and change the world effectively so no matter how much darkness you see on tv and or how much you darkness you experience um you can change all you have the power to change all that within yourself and for others um so this is why I wanted to talk about something, you know, that that's perceived as something ugly and, and negative, like homelessness, mm-hmm. because really you find so much beauty in it when you get into into this um, topic and you and you have these experiences with these people. You see that it's not all what you were taught it is. It's yeah. it's extremely um, there's such powerful experiences and everybody benefits from you giving back to these people in need. So and you'll build I mean, like my husband. He's such a great man. And he's a logical thinker. We're like completely opposite in that way, but he's holding me down. He's got my, I'm the balloon in the sky and he's got the string, right? And I love him so much. And he's got a huge heart as well. Um, and I'll tell you, even bring your, bring your spouses, your partners, your, your kids, your family members, a neighbor, um, a coworker. Cause you know, and when you go do it, you can just be the two of you who, who do something like that. But mm-hmm. when I tell you on the drive back, you'll be crying <laughs> but on the drive back. You will you will have a new connection with that person mm-hmm. and you'll be very grateful for the relationship you have because mm-hmm. like you said that, you know, you know, and 
if things got bad for you, you'd have that person to help you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, it's such yeah. a connection. So, yeah. so it even helps with marriage. I mean, yeah, I think it's been good for me and my husband and good for me and my kids. And Yeah, uh, it's such a great bonding experience, it is. isn't it? It is. Yeah. And my team, too, the salon yeah. team, like to serve together. It makes you guys it's tightly a huge thing. knit as, yeah. a, as a team. Yeah, so. Absolutely. There's so much goodness that comes. I can't even, there's there's so much more we didn't even touch on. <laughs> but come, all these great things that come from giving back, it's so great. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the end of the show. And uh, I want to thank you, Jen, for speaking with all of us today and helping enlighten us on on this topic. And and thank you for all the work that you do locally. I I know a lot of people will be inspired to to serve in their community. So thank you for speaking with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on it tonight. Thank you. (laughs) 